Hey, Shalene, my name is Ginny, and you don't know me. I don't know you, but I kind of feel like I know you, I guess. Anyway, oftentimes I listen to your podcast when I'm out walking or doing yard work. I just want to say thank you. Lots of times I think, you know what, I'm going to reach out to her and let her know just how many people like connect with the stuff that you're saying, like real women, like I'm a real woman. I'm 50 years old. I'm a mother of two boys. I'm married, prioritize my family. I'm an introvert, attention deficit disorder, big time. I'm a fitness instructor and personal trainer. I have been for over 20 years. Just so many different reasons that I connect with you. But I think one of the things I appreciate most about you, Shalene, is that you keep it real and you give people tips like you're not making any money on the free tips you're giving people, but you're helping people just by sharing your gift. And I know that's like you appreciate your ability, your God-given talents to help other people and you pay it forward. And I get that because I do the same thing just on a very much smaller scale than you do. But you have the best platform and you are using it like to help people. And I love that. So thank you. Thank you for being real. Thank you for helping me, helping everybody else. You're the best. Love you. Mean it. Hey there, I'm Miller DeRay with Team Johnson, and welcome to this really fun, different, special edition of The Shalene Show. You're about to hear Shalene as the guest on a whole other show, The Ziggler Show, hosted by Kevin Miller. We just thought this interview was so insightful that we had to bring it to you today. You'll hear Shalene walk through the seven spokes of the Ziggler Wheel of Life, which basically includes her healthy habits in really important areas like mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, personal, and career. Shalene also goes into a lot of detail as to the time her health took a major decline and the things she changed in her life to get healthy again from the inside out. How Zig Ziglar himself influenced Shalene way back in the day via his audio tapes when she was driving around in her Jeep Cherokee getting self-educated. And I think the part I liked most that I found most impactful was hearing Shalene really driving home the point how important it is to ask ourselves how we want to feel as a result of whatever it is we're pursuing, that that is the most important thing to remember, not the thing you want to get, but the feeling behind it. But you know what? (laughs) I'll just let Shalene do what she does best and take it away. By the way, this episode of The Shalene Show is sponsored by Talkspace. And this is a really important company. This is a really important, cool development which allows any of us access to therapy at your fingertips, like on your phone. And when you use code Shaleen, you're going to get $100 off your first month. I mean, when it comes to therapy and psychiatry, getting help, it's never been easier. It's never been more convenient. It's obviously something that people realize it's kind of how you get the edge. So you can alleviate the uncomfortable situation of having to go into someone's office and worrying about like who you're going to see or travel time to your therapist's location. Talkspace is so convenient and accessible. You can feel supported around the clock from your phone. What Talkspace does is they match you up with a great therapist. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists trained in 40 different specialties. That's huge. 
So many of you have asked in the past, like, how do I find a good therapist? Well, it kind of depends on what you're dealing with. Is it relationship stuff? Is it depression? Is it being single? Is it being divorced? Is it trying to consider one of those things? Is it an eating disorder? You know, what it is you're struggling with really dictates what type of therapist you work with. And Talkspace will match you up with someone who's perfect for you. And if it's not 100% right, you can switch to somebody else because they have thousands of licensed therapists. Now, here's all you have to do. As a listener of this podcast, you're going to get $100 off your first month with Talkspace by going to Talkspace.com, or you can just download the app. There's a Talkspace app. And then make sure you use the code Shalene. That's what's going to get you the $100 off. That's also how you show support for the show. Again, that is code Shalene at Talkspace.com. Go to Talkspace.com or simply download the app and remember to use code Shalene for $100 off your first month. We're going to go through the seven spokes on the Ziggler Wheel of Life and ask about some of your habits. It's always interesting talking to somebody like you because number one habit is physical. Well, I don't know, you didn't say how long ago, maybe five, 10 years, ago, but you had to come down off of some yeah. of your physical habits. But tell us what you're doing today. At the time, I was waking up every day at 4 a.m. I was exercising at a minimum of two hours in the morning and then usually another hour in the evening. I was trying to crush the cardio. Mm-hmm. I was also doing strength training, definitely a believer in strength training, but it was intensity and long duration. My body was always sore, mm-hmm. but I liked the way it looked. So I was like, well, I guess this is what I have to do. In my mind, I thought if I ever skipped a workout, like I was going to gain a hundred pounds. I was so afraid of taking a day off or there were times when I got injured or suffered like maybe a rolled ankle and I I wouldn't be able to exercise. And I would like immediately go into a mental downward spiral, worried that I was going to lose everything. And then I would be exposed and people would see me as a fraud in the fitness industry. Once I got the knowledge that I needed and saw what was really happening with my health on the inside, not just on the outside, not just what I was seeing in the mirror or the way my clothes are fitting, but I could actually see what was happening in terms of my ability to absorb nutrients, and I could see where I was deficient, and then the brain toxicity that had resulted from that, then I was like, well, if I'm a health and fitness professional and I've done this wrong, what's the answer? What am I supposed to be doing? And instead of looking to other experts, quote unquote experts, fitness experts, I started just looking at, you know, what what are the researchers saying? What are the people who are in white lab coats who don't have a fitness DVD to sell me? What are they finding in their studies and what do we know? And I quickly learned that I was doing more harm than good by exercising for such long periods of time and with such intensity and with such duration. Today, I still exercise every day, but it's okay if I take a couple days off, no big deal. But now my workouts are, they're much shorter. They're very focused on restoration. I pay attention to what feels good and what feels right. And then I also phase my workouts, you know, so that I'm not always doing the same thing or just trying to do more, more, more. Um, There'll be a lot of times where I'll I'll spend four weeks and just do things that are very restorative. I'll cut out the cardio and I'll do Pilates and yoga and Pio, which is just a rhythmic dynamic form of fusing both Pilates and yoga together. And the main thing is I want people to know is that science today 
tells us that just by exercising, moving, I I shouldn't even say exercising because that scares people. Just by getting your heart rate up and moving 30 minutes a day, you greatly diminish all disease factors. That's great. Most people feel like they're going to live forever. But what if I told you just by moving 30 minutes a day, you're going to be kinder, more patient. You'll have improved gut health. You'll diminish your chances of Alzheimer's and depression, anxiety. You'll have greater sex drive. You'll have more patience for your kids. Like this sounds like the miracle drug and it's free. And I just believe wholeheartedly that if you have the ability to move your arms and legs, it is a gift from God that could be taken away at any moment. We need to honor it. Ah, excellent. Okay. How about on the nutrition side, the diet side? Yeah. On the nutrition side, again, it's just returning to a place where I really now understand what natural means because all food is labeled as natural and it's not. In fact, the more they're, you know, trying to scream marketing messages at us, the more likely it is that there's something wrong about it. So I try to eat things as close to their natural state as possible. It's really learning about what happens to an animal. So if you're a meat eater, understanding that, you know, there are a lot of studies. This was really confusing to me at first. I'm like, so are we supposed to be vegan or are we supposed to be meat eaters? And I would look at the research regarding cancer and insulin resistance and diabetes and on and on and on and high cholesterol and see many of those studies linked to consumption of animal protein. But then what most people fail to understand is that there's updated research and not all animal protein is created the same. You know, there's a method by which we even slaughter animals that increases the amount of stress and hormones that they produce. And then we're consuming that and it's incredibly inflammatory. And I think from an ethical standpoint, you know, that's kind of another venue that we probably don't need to go into. But for me personally, I think it's really important that we minimize the amount of animal protein that we eat and that we're really aware of how consciously or conscientiously animals are cared for and treated. You know, it's tough because marketers are always trying to change us. Like, so now things are labeled grass fed because that's a buzzword, but there's people trying to work their way around that term too and feeding animals grass pellets Mm -hmm. or finishing them on grass Mm -hmm. or feeding them for a very short period of time grass and then finishing them on, you know, very inflammatory grains, and then calling that animal grass-fed. So you've got to be careful to make sure that it's a, for me personally, this is just right for me. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right for everyone, but I try to eat. If I'm going to eat animal protein, I really limit it, and I try to eat animal protein that is only from sources that I am I know and that they are grass-finished, not just grass-fed, and that they're humanely treated and cared for. Take a look at what things are closest to their natural state. I, too, was so caught up in how things are marketed to us, like vegetable oil. Well, that sounds super healthy, Mm -hmm. but when have you ever had an oily vegetable? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like there's so much processing that has to go into to take corn and turn that into an oil. Mm -hmm. And it's highly inflammatory, which is why we have, you know, such a heightened number of omega-6s in our diet. And we need to balance that. And all of these things, by the way, if you're like, what is she talking about? That was me, not too long ago. And I just had to say, you know what? Rather than being at the mercy of marketers and other people trying to sell me something, I'm smart enough to figure this out and make some informed decisions for myself. 
But if I was just going to give you like one sentence to encapsulate, I would say try to eat as close to things in their natural state as possible. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I, it was not that long ago that somebody told me, not years, but doesn't seem that long ago that I should be careful about bread. I'm thinking, are you serious? Come on, that is biblical. Don't tell me not to eat bread. And, you know, later on, I learned some new information on, on what you're talking about with animals, though. I've got to make a call. One of my favorite books, it's one of my kids' favorite books. It's probably two decades old now Diet for a New America by John hmm. Robbins. John Robbins, he was the son of the guy who founded Baskin Robbins. Oh, wow. He is one of the foremost guys. But everything you talked about from the, you know, how the ethical treatment, how they're slaughtered can alter what you're eating and how it's bad wow. economically and yada, yada. He hits all things. So if you really want to get in and enlighten yourself or wreck your current diet, either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. The next one is family. And when I got the information from you originally, and you talked about some of your early listening or exposure to Zig Ziglar, yeah. you mentioned that you connected with him because of how he referred to his wife and the respect he had for his family. I thought, what a great nugget yes. out from him. So on that, I'll ask you about the things you do for health in your family relationships. I do have to give a shout out to Zig because it was really listening to some of his, like I had messages he had created and I would drive around in my, my Jeep Cherokee and listen to him on cassette tapes. And I just remember how, you know, he was on the stage being invited probably to speak to these large audiences. And I was listening to audio recordings of it and in every single, I can't think of any that I heard him not reference his wife. Mm. And I always thought that was so meaningful. And that was the measure by which I used to determine whether I wanted to follow somebody in personal development. So from that point on, if there was someone I thought had really great advice, right or wrong, I always wanted to know what's really going on in their personal life. Because I just believe if you can't serve your family first, I don't know that it really makes sense that I trust you to serve me a complete stranger. Like, so I always look to any leader and I want to see how are they leading in the most important place and that's home. That's really important to me. So are there, you got a husband, you got two kiddos, yes. right? Yeah. But when they were young and we, even at the height of my work addiction, uh -huh. we had personal policies for our family that my husband and I were on the same page that at 3 p.m., when our kids came home from school, work was done. There was nobody in the house. I didn't take any meetings after 3 p.m. When I negotiated my first consumer fitness video contract, you know, I sat at the table with all these executives and, you know, they slide a contract across the table. And I just said, have to be upfront and honest and tell you, my kids are first priority. I, I won't do weekend appearances. If they have a school function at all, they are a priority. So I won't miss that. I can't do appearances. I can't be available if my kids have something else going on because that, that's my number one job. This is my belief. And, and my husband and I shared that we had code words we would use because we run the business together. And as you can probably relate to, Kevin, when you're passionate about something and, and even if it's work, like it's hard not to get excited and keep talking about that and ignore your kids. And so one of us would get really excited and start talking about whatever, and the, uh, we would use code words. So I would call my husband handsome. I would say, well, that's very interesting, handsome. 
And he knew that meant like, okay, we'll talk about this later. Or like, you know, it's too much. Let's chill. The kids are here. Or he would say smalls. He's like, all right, smalls. That's interesting. You know, and that, that was our code words for like, okay, zip it for now. Let's talk about this after the kids go to bed. You guess what? It's hard. We didn't have the same growth. We didn't have the same recognition. We had the same opportunities. We just declined them because we had a priority statement that placed our children first. And that meant we, our businesses grew slower and meant that we didn't have the ability to, we had the ability to, but we just decided it wasn't the right decision for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to tell everybody, you guys work together, you and your husband, partners in the yeah. business and run it together. So that's beautiful. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to tell you guys something that's super duper exciting that I really can't tell you everything about it right now, but I am working with my soul CBD to develop a really, really cool sleep gummy just for you. Okay. Details will be coming soon. In the meantime, I want you to get acquainted with this company because they are my go-to CBD company. This is the CBD that everyone in my family takes. Why? Because it's 100% organic, because they actually care about triple lab testing their CBD. Do you know how many garbage CBD products there are on the market? Like it is a joke. Very few companies triple lab test their products. They have CBD in the form of oil that you can drop under your tongue. They have CBD gummies and they have CBD capsules. I personally love the Dream Capsule, which is why I asked them if they would be interested in working with me to formulate a sleep gummy. Why? Because not everybody wants to take a capsule. All right. Anyways, in the meantime, while we're waiting for that to develop, I want you to try My Soul CBD. You're going to love their gummies. You're going to love their Dream Capsule. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the Alert Capsule. If you have attention deficit disorder, or if you're just easily distracted, or if you find that you hit that like afternoon sluggish point, dude, you have to try their alert capsules. And you can do so and take 20% off when you go to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. Okay, so for this one, there's no code. You actually just go to that link and you'll automatically get 20% off at checkout. Again, it's mysoulcbd.com dot com forward slash Shaleen. And unfortunately to my friends in Canada, shipping is not available at this time. But for all my American friends, y'all get your My Soul CBD forward slash Shaleen at 20% off. All right, back to the show. Number three, mental. Mental. What are the things, the daily habits you're employing to keep your mental edge, though I know you know you you talked about one of your focal points is what will give you peace. Maybe that fits into the career spoke. I don't know. You, you tell me, but yeah. what, do you do, what do you do mentally to keep yourself where you want to be? Great question. Two things that kind of overlap. One is growth. Like I've mm-hmm. listened to podcasts like this one every single morning. The very first thing that I do is I make sure my phone is on airplane mode. Actually, before I go to bed at night, I select a podcast that I want to wake up and listen to or an audio book. And I wake up and I don't look at social media. I don't look at emails, anything of that sort. I put my phone on airplane mode and I, I let my brain grow. And I realize there's so much more I have to learn. And it's so exciting. It's the best way for me to start my day. Mm-hmm. And it's that neuroplasticity, like understanding that the brain gets bigger and better and, and how that impacts all the people around you. And it's exciting and it makes me excited to wake up in the morning. The next thing I do for that mental side is knowing that I am an outgoing introvert, which means I love people. I'm happy to be the center of attention, but in order to recharge and be my best, 
I need time alone. I need to be away and I need to Mm -hmm. think. I need to process. I need to daydream. I need to meditate. I need to pray. And I need to do that by myself if I'm going to be better when I'm with other people. And I have to express that to others so that I don't just try to force myself to be around people all day long every day. I express to them how my husband knows that this is how I can be the best wife for him. And he helps me to honor that. I've never heard somebody use that. Maybe I'm just in the woods here, an outgoing introvert, because not only do did we grow up flipping cars, but that is me. <laughs> I'm outgoing, really? Oh my gosh. And, and yeah. I really haven't come to grips with that until the past probably five or six years because people say, oh, you're so good with people and you talk and you present and you speak and you yada, yada. And yet I crave solitude, like the idea of feeling lonely. I don't understand. I I don't either. Uh, Okay. Like it's delicious (laughs) to be alone, right? Well, and with, with nine kids, I have to imagine that's hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. Because even my kids, I love, I love my kids, but even with them, in order for me to show up my best for them, it doesn't take a lot of time, but I do need to refill this battery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I have to have specific exercises to do that. We live in a national forest and that's where I go disappear uh-huh. and do that. And, and even where I work, I have an office, but I make sure I'm in the place where I'm the least disturbed. So, okay. I love it. Outgoing introvert. Thank you for that. All right. For sure. Four is, is financial. And I know you've had great success in your business. So it may be things that you employ today for financial health or the things that you did that helped you in the past that helped you get to financial health today. Yes. I'm a firm believer that you should do your best to have your money make you money as opposed to working hard to make more money. We are firm believers in tithing. I think that comes back to you tenfold. And we are also first to work as a team to look at the money that we have and instead of buying things or spending, I mean, don't get me wrong, we do that too. Hello, hashtag Amazon. But (laughs) amen. we also really try to go like, okay, If we have two options, we can work a lot harder, which doesn't give us peace, or we can take the money that we have. And as my husband says, scared money don't make money. I don't think that's his quote. I think it's a rapper, but he likes to repeat it. Scared money don't make money. And we just really pay attention to how we can best invest it Mm -hmm. and also how we can use our money to delegate and empower other people Mm -hmm. so that we can actually live our life. Because, you know, having this grand life isn't about like, acquiring all these things and getting into a place, which is where I was once, where you're in what I like to call a golden prison. Like you've got all these things, but you can't rest. You can't enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to be able to enjoy life is if you learn to let other people do the things that are probably going to be better at it than you anyways. So I love delegating. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm with you on Amazon today. I'll have to tell you today, I love cooking and I got irritated the other day at the lack of utensils that my kids had used up. I bought some new paring knives and a couple kitchen shears. I'm so excited to go home and cook with these new tools. It's like Christmas every day. That every- little UPS man walks up. I'm like, hello. God bless the UPS. What did I order last night just before I fell asleep? Yes. UPS is Santa Claus. All right. Spiritual spoke is number five. And I know you've attested to your pursuit of of that. So tell us what you do there on a habitual basis. So I take these seven areas and I try to rate them from time to time, you know, if not once a month, at least once a quarter where I'm like, okay, where do I feel like I've missed the mark? 
Like if I was grading myself on my potential, where have I missed the mark? And the two areas where I tend to kind of flip-flop back and forth, grading myself low, one is spirituality and the other one is with my friends and family. And that is because those areas are so important to me. Hmm. And I think the areas that are most important to us are the ones where we always feel like we can improve. So my spiritual practice, you know, I'm a Christian and my faith is very strong. I'm trying to let go of this deeply held belief that if I'm not going to church, I'm not being a good Christian. Mm. And I love my church, but there's a few that I like to visit. And I'm really addicted to a few Christian-based podcasts. And so because I listen to those almost you know, at least three times a week, I will sometimes go, well, do I need to go to church? I mean, I feel like I already have. And why do I feel like I need to go to, like if I'm tithing and helping the church, do I need to go? So I struggle with that. And and even today, like the beginning of this month, I started a new plan for myself and I scored myself low in spirituality. And I went on Amazon and bought a couple of great books that I think will help get me back on track. But that's what I struggle with today is like, Am I a good Christian if I'm not going to church? And why do I hold that belief? You know, and I don't hold other people to that standard. Do you remember the name of those books? I'm curious. The most recent book that I ordered? Shoot. The Message, mm-hmm. which is a great book. Mm-hmm. And then another one, I can't remember the name of it. Girl, I put you on the spot. It's written for women. I was just curious. And I back to the- uh, I can go to my shopping cart if you'd like. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, you know, back to the taking time for yourself. That's interesting because, yeah, I grew up in the Bible Belt. And if you're not going to church, you're probably going straight to hell. And I still struggle with it today. And yet there's a lot of Sundays that come up. And I realize, you know, the thing that I need most is Sabbath. And that's not getting everybody ready and going to church and going oh. and talking and chit-chatting. I need to go out yeah. in the woods. And so I go- for a mountain bike ride down to the lake or something like that. So, but I, yeah. I, I feel you on that one. Yes. Six here spoke is career. And you have had obviously much success in your career, but what are the things that you're doing and have done to keep your career on the path that is best for you? That is yes. healthy for you. Thank you for asking this. For me, I really believe that I hit the mark when I'm not worried about career or status, or accomplishments, or recognition, but I am living God's purpose, and not my purpose, that I take whatever challenge I've overcome, and I have an obligation to help other people. Are you familiar with the traffic app called Waze? I, I know of it. I have used it once. I, I, I'm not real familiar. Go ahead. It's probably my favorite map app. This isn't an ad for Waze, W-A-Z-E. But I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like Waze. When you're on this app, other drivers tell you what to look for in the journey ahead. Like they'll be like, there's warning, there's a car on the side of the road or warning, there's traffic stopped up ahead. And I'm like, that's so nice. Like they're making this journey easier for me. And I feel like, I have an obligation to do that for other people. There's just some people who are just like me. They're just a little further behind in traffic. And I have an obligation to whatever road I'm on to say like, hey, be careful of the pothole on the right. You're going to have a much smoother ride if you can go this way or drive that way. And so when people say, what are you going to do next? I would say, I don't know. It depends on what obstacle Mm -hmm. I have to overcome. And whatever that is, I will serve others with it. That is a great analogy. All right. Last one here. 
is personal. And this spoke a lot of times people, are, it's all personal. I, I granted, but this is, we're kind of looking for the things that you do just for you. It's fun, play, hobby, the things yep. that make Shalene the most joyful Shalene. Yes. I love that. I call this category my pure joy. And they are things that are pure joy. But the caveat is it has to make my life better or other people's life better, right? So, you know, it might be pure joy for someone to, I hate to say this, but like engage in some type of addictive behavior, Mm -hmm. like they get joy from that, but it's not making you better. It's not making the world a better place. So I try to do things that are pure joy. Mine include painting. I love to paint. I love to laugh. And like, this is really important to me. So I plan trips with my funniest girlfriends. So they will just make me laugh and like no phones, showers are optional. We'll go snowboarding in Park City Mm -hmm. and move into a big house and just laugh and connect and uplift. And that's pure joy. Pure joy for me is doing things. This is really important. So if you don't know what that is for you, think back on when you were like 12. And what did you do that you felt cool and you felt amazing? I loved riding motorcycles. I loved dancing and I love roller skating. You can bring all those things back as an adult and you should because those feelings all rush back. And so I love doing like tapping into things I did as a kid before there was a mortgage, before there were deadlines. And again, it's painting it's dancing, it's riding motorcycles or riding bikes, and it's roller skating. It's just doing fun, useful things where it's like you're immediately transported back to a time when you didn't have obligations or stress. What kind of painting? Any. So I, I like to work with acrylics. So mm. I like to paint big murals. I invite my little nieces and nephews over and we live on the beach. So we'll go and collect rocks and then we paint masterpieces on these rocks. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's crazy what that can do for your brain. Like I know a lot of people struggle with the idea of meditation or even prayer, but what happens in your brain when you do things like that, it's just Mm -hmm. getting out of your own head and stress is the equivalent of meditating. You'll receive the same benefits. So look for something that transports you. Okay. Well, and I got to say, when I, when uh, Kristen, your assistant there was helping get us set up before you came in, the camera was tilted up somewhere up there on your top shelf. I can't see it now. There's a board that says, it starts with silly, right? Doesn't yes. it? What's yes. it say? Yeah. Be silly, be honest, and be kind. Okay. Three very important characteristics for me, like honesty, kindness. I just, I don't think it's inexcusable not to be kind to people. Okay. Well, and when you're with you're talking about wanting to laugh, I, yeah. I thought it's great. It, that's what made me think of the poster you have back there or the plaque, because I could see you coming off as very driven, maybe very serious to people, you know, who, who don't, maybe don't know you personally, but to yeah. see that says a lot. And again, oh I, I got to say it speaks to me as you have much during this time, because having just pure fun play silliness is difficult for me because I'm uh, that addictiveness to production. What oh. am I producing? And so thank you for speaking that to me again. I'll take that home to my family tonight and say, okay, social guys. media is my outlet for funny. And in high school, my senior year, I was voted class clown really? and I take that title pretty seriously. So I really like, you're going to get a completely, I'm going to every day, I'm going to try to make you laugh. And that's a goal because it is like funny people. Ugh, they just bring so much joy. Like if someone can make me laugh, we're friends. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. My wife says that's one of the main reasons <laughs> that she loves me is that I make her laugh. So thank you for oh, that. that yeah, awesome. great. Well, Shalene, thank you so much for giving us a bit of the behind the scenes, real look at what you do and what you struggle with. It's a gift and just, I feel empowered. Thank you for being with us today. Well, having spent so many mornings listening to the program, it's like I've come full circle and the honor was truly mine. So thank you. Oh, I'm honored. Thanks, Shalene. 